Hey guys, I have a question for you. How do you spread abundance? This year, Joe and I are spreading even more abundance by giving out insights on money, wealth strategies, and resources in our current newsletter, Creating Abundance in 52 Weeks, that we want to share with you for free. So sign up right now as you're listening to this episode on our website at www.abundantculture.co. That's .co slash newsletter, www.abundantculture.co slash newsletter. Don't let delay get in the way of your abundant year. Now, back to the episode. Welcome back to Abundant Culture Podcast. Where we dissect the mindsets and tactics of the true beasts of business. People like Gary Vee, Grant Cardone, and Warren Buffett. All to create a blueprint to experience life more abundantly. Hey everybody, it's Joe here. Welcome back to the Abundant Culture Podcast. We're so glad to have you back again this week. Today, we're going to be talking about a topic that is super, super important for any organization. And this topic is brain gender. Did you know that your brain's gender can be different from your actual body's gender? For example, you can be a male with a female brain and you could be a female with a male brain. And today we're interviewing somebody who has done extensive research on these differences between male and female brains, specifically how they relate to organizations, how they relate to companies and how having a good mix of male and female brains can actually boost the performance of your organization or your company. And the name of the book is called all the brains in the business. So get ready to listen to and learn from the author of this book, Kate Lance. Hi, Kate. Thank you so, so much for coming on to the Abundant Culture Podcast. We are so excited to have you. As you can see, like through our conversation before we got on the podcast, I'm like overly excited about this subject uh, because I read your book, um, All the Brains in the Business. Um, so yeah, we, we just cannot wait to, you know, really dive deep into uh, the brain and all the neuroscience and, you know, all that stuff and how it relates to business. But before we begin, we have to ask you, like, what is your backstory? How did you get into business? Good, good. Well, thank you very much for the opportunity of talking to you guys. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it myself. So business, I, I, I was, um, I got into business initially in the big corporate scene internationally. Uh, the bulk of my corporate career was with Diageo, and that is a company that makes Johnny Walker whiskey, Gordon's gin, Guinness beer. So, so if you're into that sort of thing, that's some pretty nice brands. And um, <laughs> I was working with them, uh, setting up businesses for them overseas um, in emerging markets, which was just so much fun, so exciting. And I loved it. But the bit I found that I loved the most was, was um, recruiting people, getting good people, the right people for the jobs, and then kind of figuring out what motivated them at work and what, you know, what made them tick. And I turned out to be really quite good at that. Um, and so I got very interested in the psychology of people at work. And that's what led me to the work I've been doing for the last 20 years, which is like leadership psychology, leadership coaching. And when I quit the big corporate scene, which was a tough call, it was a tough decision to make, but it was the right one for me personally. I trained in psychology 
and I was going to become a clinical psychologist, but I figured out that I liked business too much. So I stayed in the business arena and, I, and coaching and leadership coaching is like the sweet spot for, for all of my interests, passions and things that I've, I've turned out fortunately to be good at. So that's, that's, what, got, that's what got me here. Awesome. awesome. And what I was kind of wondering is, um, can, can you kind of walk us through, I guess, the journey from, I guess, figuring out that you wanted to do kind of this uh, leadership coaching thing to understanding that the, the premise of this book, basically saying that uh, in the workplace, male and female type brains are, are needed because mm. I feel like that's something where it's like you... When you, when you hear it, it's like, oh, yeah, of course. But then, but it's not something that you think about. And it's something that me and Jasmine, it's been something that subconsciously we've battled with a lot just because we, like, she's very female brain. I'm very, oh, like, male brain. Okay. But we're business partners, so we clash on some things. Yeah. But there's definitely times where I was like, oh, man, if I didn't have Jasmine, I would have been screwed this time. Yeah. So it's like, how did you come across this idea of yeah. female and male brains? both in the workplace yeah yeah great no thank thank you for the question because that that really was the genesis of the book what happened was it was in the financial crisis so back in 2008 and I had um, some of my lovely lovely clients I mean I have some such cool clients and one of them in particular was so stressed he'd been brought over from um, another part of Europe to take on a big job in London he was being paid a lot of money to do it and but he was his brain was fried and he, he I mean he he said to me one day he said Kate do you know what I have to switch myself off in the morning to survive the day in this place and I switch myself back on when I get home and see my kids faces and I just thought oh my goodness that's awful poor guy thank goodness I don't work there what can I do to help I mean you know every month when I met him for our coaching session I was metaphorically speaking calming the guy down and sort of talking him off a ledge but I just thought that's not it you know I've got to have a bigger impact on the on the organization because I'm sure they don't want to do that to his brain either you know they're paying him a lot of money and so the return on investment on his brain is dreadful and that doesn't make sense business-wise it doesn't make sense for him personally what can I do? So I got really fascinated about what does it take to create the conditions at work for brains to really perform well, to, do, to, you know, to be in Thrive. And as I got into looking at the research, it became very obvious really quickly that if you're really serious about creating brain-friendly cultures that can access the best of all the brains, you can't ignore brain sex. You cannot ignore the differences between men's and women's brains because you have to understand them to be able to get the best out of them. And, th and there are some key differences. And, and that's how I got into the research. And as I got into the research, it was like, gosh, everybody needs to know this. I mean, moms and dads need to know it, schools, business schools. But, you know, my, where I work is, is in big business. Yeah. So that's where I started. But yeah. So can you tell us some of the male and female differences in the brain? Yeah, absolutely. There, there are about um, 100 key differences. I, I reckon from my work that about 30 of those differences are important for people to know in business. Mm -hmm. And again, that's why I wrote the book. It's like, I want to share this knowledge with people. But I think so the big ones, that I, there are three things that I think I would call out in this conversation. One is that um, 
our neural patterning is different. So the way men and women actually, the, the way the brain fires is different. Mm. And for those of us who can see, I'll just hold up an, an image about that. So the top, that top brain is a male brain where you can see the activity going very much front to back inside each hemisphere. And the bottom picture is a female brain where you can see the activity going very much side to side. So between both hemispheres. So that different kind of patterning creates a very different way of paying attention in the world. And what you notice is, is, is different. So that's, that's, a, that's a big thing. I mean, I found that so illuminating when I came across that, that, that research. Um, and the second, the second thing where there is a big difference is in hormone levels. So men's brains and bodies have much higher levels of testosterone than, than do women's. And testosterone tends to drive more, more competitive hierarchical behavior. Um, women's brains and bodies have a lot more oxytocin. And oxytocin is, like, is the bonding hormone, the connecting hormone. And that tends to drive more of a focus on collaborating and connecting. And then the third thing that I would call out now in our conversation is different stress responses. So uh, under stress, men's testosterone levels tend to go up and under stress, women's testosterone levels tend to go down and their oxytocin levels go up. So that means that the stress response is quite different, can be quite different. And those three things are really worth understanding because if you don't understand them, they can cause frustration. If you do understand them, they can actually help help you get the best out of each other and support the different brains, particularly when, when you're under stress. So those, those are kind of my, the big three that I would call out for, for just now. But, but there are others that are there and important to know about, hence the book. Wow, yeah. that's absolutely amazing. And it's like, now that you, because she read the book, I haven't had a chance to pick it up yet, but she's been sharing with me all the notes that she's been getting <laughs> from the book. Um, and I probably didn't do it justice. Like, he's like, I don't even know what she's talking about. <laughs> well, I understood everything. And I think I remember everything that she said, except for, um, like, the stress part. Yeah. And obviously, uh, being a business owner is stressful. Just yeah. like being a business owner with your spouse can definitely be yeah. stressful. <laughs> um, and it's, it's so strange that you say that because it makes so many different things actually clear because... Yeah me and Jasmine actually handle stress in a way, <laughs> totally different way. Yeah. Like I'm far left and she's far right the way she yeah. handles uh, stress. And I don't think either one of them are right or wrong, but it's just uh, different because we can yeah. be looking at the same situation and have a totally different response to the same situation. And yeah. that's been coming up a lot lately. And I never really thought that, the reason that might be is because of the actual physical differences within the brain. Yeah. And that's so, and I thought, I thought all of this is like, Oh, you could just learn to be aggressive. And it's like, <laughs> maybe not, <laughs> or not that easily at least. Um, and, and that, that sheds a, a light on a lot of different things for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Good. No. And it's always a combination of, of the actual neurobiological differences and then our personal experiences growing up. So our brains, it's, it's not like all men's brains, uh, uh, men's brains are like this and all women's are like that. So it's not binary. It ha exists along a spectrum and yeah. you can figure out the, the sex of your brain. Um, and it's your brain is unique, uh, like as unique as your fingerprint. 
and what I'm hoping to help people do is understand what their brain print, what their trust print, I call it, is. Because yeah. once, you, once you know that, you can then have really deep conversations with each other about what's going on when you're stressed and what's triggering you into a survive state and what's triggering you into a thrive state. And you can kind of look out for each other and help each other and, and get the best of the differences. Um, yeah. Because too much of the time we expect, certain, a lot of the businesses I've worked in, the cultures kind of demand a certain type of behavior. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of missing a trick, quite a big trick, actually. Oh, yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> um, so the next um, question we want to ask you um, is about the brain scale, uh, because I took the, um, the brain test myself and I, was, I scored an 11 um, right. and Joe scored a six, um, right. which was kind of surprising. I honestly thought he was a little lower than that. <laughs> um, and then we also gave it to all of our employees at our oh. coffee shop. And we realized that majority of them were like kind of like in the middle around like that nine, 10, 11 yeah. mark. And I was like, wow, you know, that's strange that everybody's kind of falling into like the same, <laughs> the same yeah. area. And I, as I continued to read the book, um, it was saying like our, um, the way we hire can be based on like ourselves. And I'm like, yeah. well, yeah, I guess I have been doing most of the hiring. So yeah. <laughs> of yeah. course everybody would be more <laughs> like me. And we're like, uh, you know, we, we want to get a little bit more di diversity in there. Yeah. Um, yeah. So for the people listening, they probably have no clue what I'm talking about. <laughs> so can you explain? Um, yes a little bit more about the brain scale and like how you came, how that came about. Like how did yeah. you determine um, the scale and like how it was uh, formulated? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. No, it is. It's so interesting. And, and the interesting thing is that the sex of your brain may not be the same as the sex of your body. So, you know, that, that's when it, it gets, it's, it's really wow. cool. So the scale goes from one to 20 and one is a very male brain and 20 is a very female brain. And the questions that it asks are, are based on a, it's a questionnaire that was developed by a, a wonderful scientist from Oxford University um, called Dr. Anne Muir and heard her speak about, about her research. So this is why I like this particular questionnaire because it's based in good science. You know, there are a lot of populist questionnaires out there that try and do the same thing, but this one is, is one that I, I trust. And so the questions draw on hardcore underpinning science. And in the way that you answer the questions, it tells you the, the likely sex of, of your brain. And as I said, the sex of your brain is made up always of the neurobiological differences that we're born with. That's the nature bit. And then the experiences that we have growing up, and that's the nurture bit. Um, and so I'll give you a little example. So I've got two sons, they're young, young men now. Um, and I, they, they've both done the brain sex questionnaire. One of them, he was off at university. So I kind of filled it in for him. Not, not that I'm a controlling mother or anything, but <laughs> anyway, I did, I then rang him up and asked him to answer the questions so we could get his actual scores. But when I, when I scored him, I scored him like four out of 20. So very male brain. When he answered the question, he scored two out of 20, like a really, really male brain. <laughs> and, and, um, and he really is, you know, when you look at the brain patterning pictures, he's like, he, he's, a, he's a 
he's a geek basically he's a you know and he he just kind of locks onto a task and focuses in this kind of really almost like a tunnel vision way but does things really well and really efficiency efficiently but then there's a bunch of stuff that he just is unaware of um and then my other son has his brain sex score is 12 out of 20 which is the same as me oh, wow. and so he he he's um very high emotional intelligence really you know he can read the room he'll come into the kitchen he'll see me at the far end of the kitchen he'll he'll go mommy i think you need a hug <laughs> <laughs> like totally tuned in anyway so interestingly two young men with very different brain sex scores and I have to say, the work that I've been doing and the research, it's really helped me be a better, be better mum to them and understand them and their worlds better and, and access them and their worlds better. So your, your brain sex will be somewhere on that spectrum. Only about 8% of people are either very male or very female. So a lot of people, we have a kind of a mixed brain um uh, s somewhere in the middle but what's important to know is like what's your own brain and what are the triggers that put you into a nice comfortable thrive state and what are the, tri the triggers that put you into kind of a survive stressy state and then you can help each other and you mentioned that uh this number i i think you said that there was a kind of natural almost ingrained aspects of it and then there's like things that were experience based so like the yeah. nature versus nurture thing yeah, yeah and one of the questions we had was could this number like for whatever reason change throughout your life depending on like the experiences that you're having yeah absolutely that's a really great great question yeah our brains are, are, are highly elastic so they change depending on our experiences and so um absolutely that number can change so very often when i'm doing the questionnaire with clients i get them to answer the questions as if they were a kid so to go back into their childhood because that gets to the to the kind of raw underpinning um sex of your brain better but yeah your, your brain sex can absolutely change over, over time depending on your experiences um so somebody who might be very task focused um in a more male brain kind of way they can really develop their capacity for empathy and emotional intelligence uh, if they choose to do that or so somebody for example who might have a very male brain but is brought up in a very female environment you know by them their mom and grandma and lots of sisters or whatever that will naturally develop the, the more female side of their their brain through through experience yeah. yeah. So you get what you focus on. You get what you focus on. Yeah. And that, okay. and that's really cool too because like Jasmine mentioned that she thought I was going to be a lot lower on the scale. <laughs> and I think the the reason she kind of thought that is because um like looking back on my upbringing, I was raised around like a lot of women, you know. Right. And like I don't know what exactly my score would have been all the way back then. Yeah. But there's um, a noticeable contrast between my personality now and my personality back then. I, yeah. feel like I probably would have been a little bit more towards the female side when I was younger. Right. And I think um, like a lot of the questions that were asked in the in the questionnaire were about when you were younger. Yeah. So I think that yeah. kind of showed up in the test, but also, um, you know, part of what showed up in the test, the test was, uh, you know, who I am today. Yeah. I, I try to get like the, the whole, um, the emotional intelligence thing is something that I've, I struggled with in the past and I'm getting better at it, but it's still <laughs> something that, you know, it's, it's very, I guess, male-like, but mm. it's, 
it's it's very interesting like taking the mm. test and, and like i thought questions. i would have been higher on the scale to be honest yeah. <laughs> but honestly it's like i i could i could kind of see neutral from you just because of like just your upbringing. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna just leave it at that you're your parents <laughs> I, could, I could definitely see neutral because they're kind of like neutral um oh, so <laughs> the next question i had is um in the book you guys talked about like the time that it takes like the milliseconds it takes mm-hmm. for like the neural connections yeah to to for your brain to make um so can you change that like can you make the the neural connectivity like faster um to become like more productive and more aware or is it kind of just is what it is yeah that's a that's a really interesting question and i'm going to answer it in two parts if i may and if i can i show you my brain oh yeah yeah absolutely (laughs) okay so the brain the brain evolved in three stages so so this piece here this this piece at the bottom that is the part of the brain that we inherited from our reptile reptilian ancestors so that bit is called the brain stem and it does all the kind of auto automatic stuff that's just on all the time keeping your body going then about 65 million years ago mammals evolved the early mammals came on stream now reptiles just laid eggs so there was no relationship between the offspring and the parents yeah mammals give birth to live young so it's thought by um evolutionary biologists that this part here in the center of the brain the limbic brain the emotional brain evolved so that we can have a relationship that would help us of the survival and that part of the brain doesn't think it just feels emotions and it takes in all the information from the world around us through the five senses analyzes it really quickly inside 85 milliseconds and tells your body what to do so if it thinks you're under stress and threat it will put you into a defense response and it does that before you can begin to think rationally about what's happening so the last part of the brain to evolve is this bit here which is the prefrontal cortex now that is a lot younger that's like 22,000 uh, 220,000 years old hmm. and that's the bit that does the thinking that we start thinking about the situation three times more slowly than we've already reacted emotionally because that bit comes on at 250 milliseconds the emotional brain in the center has already responded inside 85 milliseconds so we are emotional way before we're rational and it's really important to know that. So your first response to something is not going to be your thoughtful response to something. And this is where lots of stuff goes wrong at work is because people will react and they'll say something or they'll, you know, whatever. And then, they, and then everybody else gets jumpy. Uh, and that's because that's limbic system to limbic system. That's emotional brain to emotional brain. Yeah. And you can't change that. That is how we have evolved. So that bit, we're that's what we're dealing with but what you can do is know that that's what's happening and then you can take action to kind of settle your nervous system down so that your cortex has time to start thinking and come on stream and then you can start to have a more kind of sensible conversation about what's going on so that part of the response you can't change i mean there is some evidence that buddhist monks people who meditate have have got less uh slower amygdala responses so slower emotional brain responses so there is there is stuff that you can do but basically that that bit you can't change Um, but what you can change is a, a really deep understanding of what your response patterns are so that once you've been triggered into a kind of survive response you can know why that's happened calm yourself down and then engage the the rational part of your brain to solve the problem and, and that's very fascinating too, because like 
there's definitely been times where like I was like somebody triggered something and I got like upset about it. And even before I was like responsible, like able to respond like there's that like increased heart rate our yeah. breathing like more yeah. heavily and stuff like that and it's it's something that it's like it's happened throughout my life and I never really paid attention to it mm. but now that you say it I could think back on times it's like oh like mm. I like I reacted to this emotionally before I even had a chance yeah. to really even say anything and, and that's a very fascinating uh realization mm. to know that You'll have you'll have an emotional response to something mm. uh, before you can actually have an intellectual response yeah. to it. Yeah, and and that fact about uh, the the meditating, I feel like that's a very uh, key point as well. Just because um, it's it, just the way I am personality wise is very complicated for for me to meditate. But I, I have noticed that it's um, it, it kind of helps. It, I think it just gives you time to yeah. like buffer time between reacting, um, well, feeling some way and actually reacting to it. And I and I think that's something that a lot of different workplaces could really mm. benefit from because oh, yeah. I mean there there's been times where for whatever reason I I could you know I couldn't react at the time and then I had to come back to it later and I was a lot yeah. more intelligent later. Yeah. But if yeah. I had reacted in the moment, it wasn't going to be pretty for anybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're not alone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what are some of the benefits of having uh, more female brains in the workplace? Um, mm. Because in the book, I absolutely love the part where you guys um, put like the statistics, like the, mm. you know, percentage when it's more women board directors. I thought that yes. was so interesting. Yeah. And I guess like subconsciously, it's like, you know, of course, like, yeah, why wouldn't it be like, men and women um together like on boards and you know controlling companies because Mm. i mean i can see just with joe and i that uh we do such a good job you know holding each other accountable um and really kind of balancing like Mm. each other out especially in those stressful situations Mm. um but i guess it's just never like it's just not talked about enough. Yeah. No, exactly. No, and that was why one of the reasons I was so excited to talk to you guys because you're doing it. You know, you're it. It's like, yay. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. Yeah, absolutely. And there's some really cool research that came out of MIT um, and in, in the States and Carnegie Mellon universities that shows that when you've got boards that are 50-50, female-male, they're smarter than if, than if you add up the individual IQs of the people on, on the board. So, so together, those, the, the thinking and the decision-making that goes on is better than each of the individuals could do on, on their own. And so, so 50-50, female-male, you're getting the best of all the brains. You're really leveraging the difference. And I think it's the sweet spot. This is my hypothesis. I haven't, I haven't read any. I don't think there is any research on this, actually. I'd be keen to do it. I think it's the sweet spot in terms of enough kind of of, of the, the competitive mix versus the more relational focus mix. And I don't want to stereotype at all, but there's just something that happens in that dynamic that allows the best of both the brains to really come to the party and feel welcome. Um, and there's acres and acres of research, um, lot, you know, lots and lots of research that, that shows women on boards um, and women in key decision making uh, 
levels within businesses those businesses perform better and and it's all about the partner you know like you guys do it's about partnering it's not like one type of brain is better than another but it's we complement each other yeah and that that complementarity is not as i say it's not like men are like this and women are like that it's a very subtle thing and we're all unique and different um and there are on average sex differences and if you know what they are you you, you can use them yeah and it, and it definitely it more often than not it definitely comes together in a very in a very strange way but it I, it's like it's hard to explain it but it just works a lot of yeah. times it, it really yeah. it's just one of those things that that really really works and you know it's kind of like and i've noticed and even in our relationship um like jasmine is the like extremely extremely detail oriented i mean if you asked her about any aspect of our company she knows it to like mm. basically the t but when it comes to like um like for example um we're kind of we're we're in the private equity space so we deal yeah. with um raising capital mm. buying companies and different things of that nature and i think that is a lot more male dominated than it mm. should probably be yeah you know, we meet um every now and again we'll come across a, a person who's just a a very very male-brained person <laughs> and kind of standoffish and mm. um when it comes to like dealing with those people a lot of times she doesn't like to deal with them because mm. they're like super arrogant <laughs> honestly <laughs> um but i'm really good at like mm. handling those situations diffusing yeah. them uh, yeah. making feel comfortable yeah and making sure that they actually stay within their boundaries and that's something yeah. that i'm really uh really good at but um you know she, she's not that good at that part just yeah. like i'm not necessarily great at kind of like some of the more detailed mm. uh nuanced things of the yeah. so it comes together in such a way where it's like it's it's almost like it's the only way you can have a company that doesn't have any weaknesses absolutely yeah way. absolutely yeah that, and that's that entirely it you know because it just gets it, it's like a whole complete brain mixed of of, of both of what you both differently bring mm -hmm. yeah wonderful yeah. <laughs> you and i mean we could even see well i mean not we because he didn't read the book yet but i could even see that like in the book um because you you came together with i believe his name is paul right paul yeah yeah so, exactly. like you guys even like came together you know just as yeah. you were writing about which was yeah. pretty cool too <laughs> yeah that we wanted to do that because it it's like we're talking about how do you partner intelligently leveraging the differences using the differences and so we just thought it'd be a really cool topic yeah yeah and it's awesome so how does someone bring together both you know the female brains and the male brains for optimum efficiency either at the workplace or even at home because um i i think um what you said it, it kind of answered it a little bit but that kind of 50 50 mix mm. but like i guess how do you how do you go up about when 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 you're recruiting somebody is are you like keeping tabs of like oh you know he's a six so we need like a, a 15 on this side because if he's not balanced out it's not going to work uh work out uh really well like how do you actually do that in practice yeah yeah so so um most uh, with, with my clients what, what we do is we we just help everybody understand what the brain differences are so you know who's in the room um and so the more you know the better and the more open you can be about about 
what your own brain sex is, what your own triggers are for survive and your own triggers for, for thrive, then you can have deeper conversations. You People get to trust each other better and you, you can use what the, the, the different brains that you've got and, and deploy them according to the tasks, just like you just described there, Joe, in terms of you know some of the guys you you work with, so that your people are playing to their strengths when that when that happens. And I, and I do think if you've got if you see in your team when you've tested everybody's brain that you you you've got some missing areas, then you can go and re- recruit with that in mind. Um, and and I mean for me one of the highlights was a, a a male managing director. This is in a financial environment who sent an email after the program to. To a female managing director and he said you know what I owe you an apology he said I, I I used to think you were kind of coming at things in a random a bit you know I didn't get where your point of view was coming from and I I kind of was a bit dismissive about you and he said now that I understand the brain sex differences I can see why you were coming at things from a different way and actually the value that your different perspective can bring and he said so I apologize for not taking you seriously enough and actually I'm going to reach out to you on purpose because I'm really curious about what you think absolutely Um, and that that you know it's like yeah hallelujah that that's 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 what we want here yeah Yeah. that's amazing so is there like like as a leader how do you like in practical terms i guess get people to um really get into like that self-reflection for them to have um you know experiences like the uh person that you just mentioned like yeah are there team building exercises or yeah well it it, it's it's obviously horses for courses but a lot of what i I do is so i think it's important to know it's like educate so you know either read the book i do a lot of workshops um and in the workshops we work on like real business situations that people are in um and so understand so there's a big piece around education and then there's another piece around application so i talk about brain friendly ways of running meetings, brain-friendly ways of communicating, how to kind of figure out quickly where somebody might be on the brain sex spectrum so you you know how to, to pitch your communication um, for that person or those, or those people. And understanding different stress reactions. So if you're in a difficult negotiation and people are getting stressed, stressed by it and then reacting in ways that they don't understand each other. I've, I've had several clients where understanding brain sex different has kind of saved a negotiation. Um, and, and so in a really practical way. So, so education through reading or, or workshops and then just simple application of the models. And that's again why I wrote the book because I wanted something when people are busy, they're working at speed. So it's like, how do you bring the neuroscience to life in a way that is easy to remember and easy to put into practice when you're, when you're working at pace um, and you, you know, you don't have time for, for going offline and having big deep conversations about stuff. You need, you need frameworks that make it um, fast to use. So there are several models in the book that I've tried and tested with clients to to figure out that that, that they work. Absolutely. Another thing I was wondering, you use this term uh, like uh, trigger to survive versus thrive. Yeah. And I wanted you to expand on that a little bit because I think you brought it up two or three times and I don't think we necessarily covered it um but it's i think it's something that will help kind of tie this all together because yeah. i think that a lot of people have different triggers like there's a lot of things that trigger jasmine that don't bother me yeah. at all and there's things that bother me that i'll explain to her and she's like why are you bothered by that and yeah. I'm, i just told you why <laughs> but um i i like um 
I think everybody kind of has their own response, you know, fight, yeah. fight response. Yeah. Whatever. And yeah. I kind of wanted you to uh, dig a little yeah. bit. That. yeah good no thank you for that and i'll get my, my brain back so 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 what happens is um we, we've basically got two dominant modes and this is massively oversimplifying of course but it, it makes it very clear one mode is in survive and that's like when you're driving with the handbrake on and it's really hard and you know you're trying to get work done but you can't think straight you're feeling very stressed um, and it's just not happening so that's your survive mode and that's basically when the emotional brain is it is, is kind of taken over and it's not letting you think because it's worried that you're under some kind of threat. Um, when we're in thrive, that's like when we're in the zone, you're in flow, you've got endless amounts of energy. It's all, it's all cool. And, and you just get things just get done and you're thinking well. Um, and that is when the, the cortex is, is, is free to do its thinking because the, the emotional brain has kind of stood down. And the neurochemistry that goes with both of those states is really different. And so what you want to do is, is figure out what triggers you into survive. So one of the things I sometimes ask people to do is think of a relationship, a person who puts you into survive. And when you think about them, it's like, oh, God, I don't want to go to that meeting or I don't want to pick up the phone when it's that, that person on the phone. And you'll notice that you'll notice physical things like your breathing will go shallower, your heart rate will go up just at the thought of having a conversation with that person. Um, so that's, that's a survive relationship. Then on the other hand, we all have people who put us into thrive and it's like, Oh yay, great. I've got a meeting with that person. Lovely. Or you see their name come up on the phone and you're, you know, you're keen to pick up and that will change your neurochemistry in, in a way that will then help you relax and think, think well. And so it, really important. And this goes back to your other question about how do you do this at, at work and how do you get people understanding each other? It's like, if you, it, it, it's good to kind of make a note during the course of you know a few days of the week of what your survive triggers are. So what happened when, when you went ping and got all anxious or angry or whatever? What was it? Who was there? What was, it, what was going on? Um, and then what are your thrive triggers? So that you start to micro in and get a really clear view of what causes thrive or survive for you personally. Um, and so let's try and think of some examples. So I've, um, I've got one client who, who really responds badly to anyone making a suggestion to him that comes across as, a, as, a, as bossy. He, he's, he's a really smart guy. He knows a lot of stuff and he doesn't like people coming across as kind of, you know, smarter than him. Um, and so people can be making perfectly normal suggestions, but if it lands with him as a bit bossy, boom. And, and, and then, he, you know, then, then he gets a bit shirty and aggressive. Um, and that's good to know because he, he's now learned to listen differently to, to people around him in his team um, and just kind of settle himself down so that he can pick up new ideas and, and not get so triggered by, uh, by, by something that lands with him as, as bossy. Yeah yeah that makes sense mm -hmm. and like i can definitely like i can tell when i'm in like that thrive state just because like my mind feels so clear like yeah it feels like i took like a limitless pill or something yeah from absolutely <laughs> absolutely that's it yeah yeah so that yeah. that's like yeah it, it's really cool when you like look back and reflect on it um just to know um yeah so yeah that's great yeah. 
So um, we covered so much in this episode and, you know, I'm sure we could continue the conversation forever, (laughs) but what is the number one takeaway that you'd want someone to walk away from this episode with? Yeah, that's a cool question. Um, I think that I would say to cause thrive on purpose. So get to know your own brain well enough so that you can cause thrive for yourself on purpose. And then one conversation at a time as you go through your work day, create the emotional response in others that is going to make thrive more likely in, in their brains. So really think about, about those different triggers for yourself and other people and set about causing thrive on purpose. And that's what good leadership is. And so since I've been heavily into the neuroscience, that's my, you know, one of my definitions of leadership is causing the emotional response in the other person deliberately, not by accident or inadvertently, but, but understanding brains helps you do that better. That's really cool. I love that. Yeah, that's very insightful <laughs> mm-hmm. for sure. So you're on the Abundant Culture podcast, and we feel the need to ask this question to every guest that comes on because we always get very cool and unique answers. And that question is, whether it be in your business, your personal life, or even spiritually, how do you choose to spread abundance on a day-to-day basis? That's a lovely question as well. Um, I try to generate something new in in people's thinking and the in any interaction every time I, I talk to somebody so that something new happens that wouldn't have happened if we hadn't been in that conversation yeah 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 and I think that's excellent because honestly like I mean that's how people learn you know yeah exactly new experiences new conversations new interactions with people And I I really appreciate you saying that because I feel like a lot of people kind of get in this echo chamber where they're always hearing the same things over and over Mm. again. Mm. And I think that kind of stagnates your growth. So anytime you can Mm. experience something that's new and different, I feel like it really helps you to grow as an individual and uh, as a person. And I I think it's amazing that you do that um, for people. Yeah, well, and and you guys too, which is why I was so happy to be invited onto the show because I I, I love what you're up to and the way that you you share. You know, it's a real act of generosity, and 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 it's so important that we do that now more than ever, actually. Absolutely. Um. So it's it's really it's cool, and it's always a two way street. It's not like you know when when you're in those conversations, you're learning as much as you're giving. Yes. And always. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. For sure. So uh, for the person, they think you are awesome. They (laughs) love all of your work. They love this conversation. Uh, Maybe they're interested in having you on their podcast or uh, listening or coming to a workshop if they, you know, go um, out to where you're at. (laughs) Um, How does that person get into contact with either you or your team? Yeah, lovely. Uh, so, So for me, um, and I'm really keen to have a you know a big conversation with as many people as I as I can. So it's a bit of a sort of personal mission. As uh, um, but my so so either on LinkedIn. So I'm it's Kate Lands L A N Z. So you can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, my email is Kate K A T E at Mindbridge dot co dot uk. 
Um, so just, you know, ping me an, an email. That's cool too. Um, and I'd love for as many people as possible to read the book, um, which is on Amazon. It's, it's all the brains in the business on Amazon. And I say that not because I set out to sell lots of books. That's not why I, I wrote it. So it's kind of a bit of a catch 22. Like I say, I just feel I, I want people to know about this stuff because I think it leads to happier, more abundant lives. And, um, and, and that's what counts. Yes. Absolutely, for sure. <laughs> so thank you for coming on to the Abundant Culture podcast, Kate. We really appreciate you coming on. I mean, you were a wealth of knowledge and I feel like you talk about a subject that literally almost no one is talking about and it's so yeah. important. I mean, yeah. uh, I, I told this goes to show you how much of a, a male brain I have. I was like, does she have any statistics in there that I can use to raise <laughs> from investors? And then you actually did. So you talked about the, the performance of um, companies with female and male mm-hmm. boards versus just male boards. And you, you share so much with us. Uh, and it's not only something that is really cool to know, but it's extremely practical, mm-hmm. not only for entrepreneurs, but people in management and maybe people who are entry level, you know, because their ideas are important too. Absolutely. So I just thank you. And I encourage you to keep up the great work that you're doing and you. uh, keep spreading, keep spreading your message because it's definitely needed, mm-hmm. especially Good. Good. No, it's my absolute pleasure. Thank you both very much. (laughs) Lovely to meet you. So that's all we have for today, folks. I hope you got as much value out of this as we did. Keep in mind, the only way we can improve is through constructive feedback. So remember to rate and review this episode. Also, you are not the only person that needs to know this super valuable information. So be sure to subscribe and share as well. Stay tuned for the next episode. And remember to always spread abundance. Peace.